Welcome back to another edition of Turf Talk, and it is the biggest weekend of the flat season. Well, domestically at least. My name's Lewis Tomlinson. Not sat next to me this week, sat in the studio. Uh, I'm at home, I'm a busy boy this week. So for the very first time, we're not sat together, but in the studio is Big Jim Watson. Hello. How are you doing, Jim? Looking forward to a huge weekend. Yeah, it, it, the season's coming really thick and fast now, and with the derby coming this weekend and the Irish Guineas last weekend, which was an absolute thriller, it, I'm, what a great time to be alive. I, I love the derby, my, one of my favourite races of the season, and hopefully we can tip you the winner. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I never thought of Jimbo Watson saying what a great time to be alive. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get stuck in. And Jamie Spencer from two down, hot and Frankie Dottori. Scardu is next on the far side for James Doyle, but it's Phoenix of Spain. Quickening on, three lengths clear from two down hot, and then Scardo with the grip, but Phoenix of Spain has made just about all the way to Tarasov's Irish 2000 guineas. Second is two down hot, to grip. It was some classic last weekend for us to get stuck into and analyse. And Jimbo, I tell you what, you gave the winner of the Irish 2000 a good shout as well. I couldn't have seen it at all, Phoenix of Spain. He now looks with the leading three-year-old Mightler around him, beating two down hot. A bit of a disappointing performance from my favourite Magna Grisha back in fifth. Jim, what exactly did you make of it? Um, I thought the race was going perfectly fine for two down hot. I, as much as I tipped Phoenix to Spain up last week, I did not have a single penny on him. Um, as soon as two down hot was declared to run, I was all over him. He's one of my favourite horses. But Phoenix of Spain has certainly progressed from two to three very, very well. And Jamie Spencer gave him a, a beautiful ride from the front, I thought. He's obviously progressed past two down hot. Maybe we might see in the, further on in the season if two down hot is the force that he was as a two-year-old. But on this case, I'm willing to take a, back, a step back with him. Um, Phoenix of Spain has, I'd say, won this fairly comfortably in the end. Um, and I, I really like the way he kept on strongly and ran through the line. Yeah, I mean, going into this, I'd have probably have said, in terms of miling two-year-olds last season, Phoenix of Spain was clearly the third best. Yeah. Behind Magna Grisha and two down hot. Yeah. Well, he ran close uh, to Magna Grisha, didn't he, in the Verton Fortuity? Uh, yeah, he got, he, got within, he got within a head that day. And he, he yeah. ran two down hot close as well, so you can clearly see why. Uh, he shouldn't have gone off 16 to 1, that was a ridiculous price, wasn't it? No, he, no, he shouldn't have done, he shouldn't have done. It was a bit, a bit of a bit drifter on the day, wasn't he? Uh, he heads a betting now for the St James's Palace, he's as short as 6 to 4. Do you think that represents value or would or would you be wary of exactly how much this form is worth because I, I, I'm a big obviously I'm a big Magna Grecia fan and he clear and things went his way in the guineas but I don't think he was himself today no I, I can agree with you if you look at the betting I'd rather bat Magna Grecia at sixes than have Phoenix of Spain at two to one in places um, he's the clear it'd be an obvious each way bet Magna Grecia 
he'd, he'd be sure to bounce back at Ascot. Something obviously was a miss. Ryan sort of looked after him uh, later on in the race. And, yeah, I'd just put a line through Magna Grisha. Maybe it took more out of him than they thought in the English 2000. And he'll certainly bounce back, I think, this season. Aidan will get him ripe, I think. I won't quite be as positive from Eugene because, again, I, I don't see any reason on the face of it as, as to why he ran as badly as he did. You know, that, that's even me speaking as a, as a Magna Grecia fan. Uh, can you give him any excuses or was it was it just in your head one of them off days? Maybe it was just one of them off days. I, I, I probably couldn't... Horses aren't like humans. They can't say, "Oh, I'm not. I'm feeling under the weather today. I'm, I'm, I'm not like that." So maybe he just had one of them off days, and I'm sure he'll bounce back. I think Magna Grecia, th- that performance in the Guineas was destructive, I and mean, even though there was a bit of a track bias, people thought. I don't think there was. I think Scardu's re, re- uh, done the placings by finishing in front of. Magna Grisha in this. He's ran a very good race. I, I'm not 100% sure he fully stays a mile, Scardu. I think seven furlongs would be something that might be more up his street. He, he just looked tired close home and, and caught, just got caught on the line for third by Decrypt, who's on an absolute cracker for the uh, Paddy Toomey team. So, yeah, I think that Magna Grisha should should progress more this season and this is just an off day. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the second and the third. Scardu then, Jim. I mean, two cracks at Group 1 level since he won the Craven. Both run incredibly. You said you don't think he fully stays a mile, so would something like the jersey would be more realistic? Yeah, I, I, don't quite, I don't quite think he is a Grade 1 animal. I'm, I'm not being disrespectful there. but well, I, I see what you mean. I think something like the jersey would interests me slightly more than going to the St. James's Palace because he's been beat twice now in both guineas and I think that Scardu maybe just lacks that little bit of class and dropping back down to seven and into lower company I think that he could absolutely dominate them and maybe yeah, he'd go, surely he'd go a favourite for the jersey if he was to run he'd have to Um Although there is a horse that I like, Urban Icon, for the jersey, so I'd quite like him not to go for it. But, um, yeah, I think Scar do. I think a step down a furlong would probably suit him a lot more. Yeah, and uh, the third decrypt, massive race for Paddy Toomey. Small yard, owns and trains the horse. He's got a really nice one on his hands, and he should be winning good races this season. Maybe not quite at group one company, but at home in Ireland. There'll be good group 3s and 2s to be one with him. Yeah, he'd done nothing wrong in his first three starts, really. Um, and he was progressing nicely. And this was the obvious step. And he's just been caught out by some top-class animals. And if you look at some of the horses further down, Mohawk's a fairly decent animal. Van, Be- Van Beethoven was thought of as a decent one at some time. Old Glory was an expensive purchase um, out of Frankel. I, I mean, there's, the, I think the first five are a class above the rest of the field, and in time we'll all be serious animals to come. Yeah, I mean, the horse, though, who we think most 
talking about needs to be done is a runner-up here too, Dan. I know you're slightly obsessed with him, Jim. Yeah. Strange decision to come here nine days after the dancey. What, what, what do you make of it? Or, you know, how? what do we make of his season after being such an outstanding two-year-old last year, you know, officially the best two-year-old we've seen since Drankel? Yeah. Why hasn't he been able to win a race this year? You, you can... Well, John Gosden said that he thrives on his racing. Now, if he thrived on his racing, he would have won this. And I don't think the excuse for the nine days back up from the Dante at York was any real excuse, to be honest. If he was going to win, he was going to win here, I think. And he's just been beat by a horse that's obviously progressed past him. He, he beat him twice last season, Phoenix of Spain. And I think that... Maybe too darn hot just hasn't exceeded our expectations and maybe he was just slightly forward as a two-year-old more than the others, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of of, of a very similar opinion to you, Jim. He's not a big horse, is he? You know, no, he's well I, put together. He's fairly small. Yeah, you know, maybe oh, he's a... Like you said, he was just slightly more forward than everyone else. And again, I still wouldn't... I still wouldn't give up on him because if Telecaster goes and wins the derby... That's not a bad run, is it? You, you know, it's very hard to knock. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly bemused as to why, even though I wasn't a fan of running two down hot in the derby, looking at the sectionals from the Dante, to me, suggests he should have been going there. Yeah. Rather than step back down and trip. You should have just gambled him, shouldn't you, and risked him. And I know if he's fit running, but I know Epsom's not exactly a course that is forgiving. And maybe they just wanted to wrap him up in cotton wool as they've had the little hiccup at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's be, it has been a bit of a, a weird campaign, a, a campaign that is a bit atypical of Johnny Gosden, but. I, 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 I took positives from this. Yeah. I took positives from this. It would have been very easy for two and hot to completely flop. Yeah. In in this, you know, the, 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 we're, we're having a, a bit of a strange preparation and being beaten in the Dante. I, I, I guess you could have made excuses for him if he was down the field. Surely there has to be questions to answer for him though now. Same with Magna Grecia. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how how, it, how they go in the St James's Palace. I think that would be a fair assignment. There's enough time from now to Royal Ascot to get them fit and ready and give them a bit of a break. And it'll be interesting to see how they line up. I, I think that I'd love it to be a, a diving head for three going to the line and pronged by Magna Grecia 2 down out and Phoenix of Spain. Yeah, although it did leave a little bit of a sour taste in the mouth. A couple of hours after Phoenix of Spain wins the Irish Guinness, the announcement comes that he'll be retired to the Irish National Stud yeah. at the end of the season. It's like, no, race him. Race him while he's fit. Race him while he's at the top of his game. Yeah. Bloody hell. Uh, but, yeah, cracking performance from him. And I tell you what, that is an absolutely world-class training performance from Charlie Hills. Yeah. To get Phoenix of Spain to win a classic first time up of this season against race fit horses that's that is some training performance 
Uh, well done to him, well done to Jamie Spencer as well, who gave him a cracking ride from the front, you know. A double for him with his ride with Mr Lupton, he, he rode Mr Lupton to perfection and he rode Phoenix of Spain to perfection there. Yeah, well we'll move on to the Sunday now. And whilst the new market form didn't quite work out with the Colts, it certainly did with the Phillies. Hermosa, how did you go off as big as 5-2? to two? Jim, this is possibly more impressive than Phoenix has been, and she uh, defends her new market crown at the Curra. Yeah, she absolutely dispatched the field. Um, made all once again, as she did in the English guineas, um, and stayed on very strongly in the final furlong, and won comfortably in the end, beating Pretty Pollyanna, which... We were intrigued that Pretty Pollyanna was coming for this race because we always had doubts that she'd stay a mile. We thought she were more six, seven furlongs possibly. But she's, she's just tired later on in the race. Whilst Hermosa's carried on powering through the line, I think that this performance is very, very good. And the French Yorks are due to be next for her, I think. Um, I mean, on, on, on paper, you know, she'll be a better horse up in trips. Yeah, so do you think? I, I'm not exactly sure. I, I would, if I was Aidan O'Brien, I'd probably go Coronation. If I'm being honest, I keep her at a mile. She's dominant there at the moment. Um, I'd probably maybe front running over a stiff mile at Ascot would suit her more than a one mile two, uh, one mile four in in the Oaks. Yeah, I can I can see that, mate, but. I think she's confirmed herself there as head and shoulders the best mile in Philly around. You know, three-year-old Philly around at the minute. That, it was just very, very impressive. And even though, you know, my, my immediate reaction to Newmarket was a little bit, hmm, not sure how much I buy that form. The more and more I looked at it, the more and more I liked it. Yeah. The more and more I watched this, the more and more I liked the most. Of it and I couldn't, you know, whilst... I guess you can you could make a case for why some of the Colts might overturn the form with Phoenix of Spain. I don't think any any of the horses supposed to beat will be able to turn the tables on her. Yeah, I agree with you. Was it because that she doesn't quite have the sexy profile? She was quite toughly campaigned last season, having seven runs, uh, seven runs as a two-year-old. Yeah, yeah, and as well again, I, I thought. That you know the horse in second, Lady K, was a non-stayer. So, to me, that kind of watered the form down a little bit because you you've got a horse who's beaten, finished ahead of thirteen others, but not seen the race out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so it kind of said to me, hmm, this something might not have been right at Newmarket, but. Even then, I look at this field and I think not nothing. There's no excuses to be made, possibly apart from Kabala, who was sent off only half a point bigger at three to one, scoped on normally after the race. Yeah. But again, it'd be a slight leap of faith to back her next time out after you know something has obviously gone wrong with her here. Mm. Speaking of Hermosa, Jim, I, mean, I know it was if, if the plan is to go to the pre-Diane. 
how far do you think she uh, rates off the Colts? Um, it'd be interesting to see. Um, she's it's the same thought that we had last year with Arthur Centuri at this time of the year when she was she was fairly dominating the one mile division, and I think that. I don't think she'd be too far away from Phoenix of Spain. Um, I think, although she's been bossing her against her own sex, I think that if they were to probably step her up into mixed sex company, I think that she'd certainly run a decent race. I don't think she'd be that far away. I don't think she'd be tailed off. No, me neither. I I really like the chiller. Um, I think it's the fact that she makes all from the front. She just puts her head down and proper. Tri- it looks like a proper trier, and she's she's certainly special. I think. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there, mate. Hit the nail on the head. Uh, I say the beaten horses. Pretty Pollyanna's run a good race, seasonal reappearance, so couldn't get close to uh, to the winner. Foxtrot leaves for Paddy Toomey again. Twenty. What a weekend for him. Brilliant for him, horses placed in both Irish classics. Iridessa fourth, slightly. I just think she's a bit one-paced, mate. Yeah? Yeah, she, she's not running in the Oaks. He's taken her out with today. But Would you have bypassed this race and gone to the Oaks with her instead? Uh, yeah, I think I would have done. Yeah? I think I would have done. I think, the, I think on paper the Oaks is a bit of a messy race at the minute. Yeah. And I think Iridescent will stay a mile and a half. Although, again, it's just gears for her. Mm. You know, I, I, I'm not particularly sure how many gears she has. Uh, and like I said, the other area of the Fairyland doesn't stay. I think similar for just wonderful. Do you think and Fairyland stepping down back to six and even maybe five? Do you reckon she could be the Coolmore five furlong horse? Because she was full of speed last year in the Lauber. Uh Six. Yes, five, I think they'll keep Sergey. Yeah. Keep track of things with Sergey Prokofiev. So you'd say July Cup would be the main target for Fairyland now? I wouldn't be surprised, mate, if you ran in the, in the Commonwealth next time. Yeah. That, if Fairyland turns up in that, it could be some hot race, that Commonwealth, even though that we're about to talk about a horse that flopped in it that looks predicted to it. Yeah, Jimmy, is there anything else you want to add on the Irish 1000? No, East ran flat. Uh, but apart from that, no, not really. Hermosa's quite clearly the best three-year-old filly over a mile. No, then we'll just briefly touch on the Tarsal Gold Cup. Tends to be one of the weakest open-age group ones of the season. It's been a bit of an aid in O'Brien benefit, you know, over the years. And it has been, again, magical, 7-2 to two on. Third win of the season, beating stable mate Flag of Honor. Once again. Completely wants further. Uh <laughs> Jim, is it magical? Is, is she the leading older horse race in O'Brien now? Has, has she improved past Capri and Kew Gardens? Well, the way O'Brien was talking about Capri the other day, that uh, the Cups, long-distance Cups, certainly look to be his 14. He definitely will improve for that run. So, in O'Brien, I don't think... I think he still rates Capri fairly highly. Um Personally, I wouldn't exactly be in that same boat because Magical, what she's done all, uh, all this season, she's beat Flag of Honor three times. I know that there's 
knocks you could put in there. But a, a win at Ascot on Champions Day was very impressive. And her second to enable at Churchill Downs in the turf was a magnificent run. I think she, she has to be, in my opinion. She could be some broodmare. Oh, yeah. But, you know, she, she wasn't too far off and uh, enabled last season. I mean, she was she was midfield in the act, but prior to that, had you know, had been running well all season. And it was, I, I just I just wouldn't be mad surprised if she's improved again this year, magical. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't take it for granted that Enable would beat her again this season. Would you rather they go to Royal Ascot in the Prince of Wales to face Sia Class and Abel at Ascot or save her for a later campaign and run her in autumn time when she could main priority would be go for the Ark? No, no I, 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 I tend to take Prince of Wales because I, won't, I wouldn't be as scared of them as over, 12, over 10 furlongs. Yeah. You know, ma- ma- magical... You know, who has won Group Ones over like like we saw on Monday? I know it wasn't the strongest Group One because she's beaten an Irish Saint Ledger in over half a mile shorter than he wants. Mm. But she's won a Group One over ten furlongs. Yeah. So I wouldn't be as scared as of Enable and see of Class and of Crystal Ocean if he goes there, just because again it is a field of twelve furlong horses in a ten furlong race. Yeah. Uh, apart from that, flag of honour. I wonder. I wonder what the plan is with him this season. Because surely he's too good of a horse to, you know, for the main, the, the main plan of him to be, you know, <laughs> placed behind magical every season, <laughs> every run. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you'd do with him. The Hardwick. He's in the Hardwick. I think that. I'd probably chance my arm at that if I. If that'd I was, be suitable, yeah. That that'd be more up his street, I think. Because it, it, like you've said, he's he's probably too good to be. He's well, he's not getting bad prize money for finishing second, but he's probably better than finishing second to Magical over inadequate distances. No, completely, mate. Uh, we'll move to Haydock now over the weekend, and uh, the two races. We're going to talk about from there. You were there, Jim. Did you have a good day? Yeah, very good day. Well, apart from the uh, rupturous Haydock crowd, slightly infuriating, but apart from that, yeah, it didn't rain and it was a nice sunny day. Well, we're going to start with the Sandy Lane Sticks, obviously a group two. It's a race that tends to produce quite decent horses. Produced the Marley, boy, Harry Angel. Yeah, didn't Sands of Marley win this? Last year, before yeah. going very close in the uh, Commonwealth, him and Invincible Army fought it out towards the end. Yeah, uh, well, thirteen to two on favourite Calix, beaten in a four-runner race and beaten comfortably by the Green and Fourth. Hello, Umzane, Jim. You're, I know you are a huge Calix fan. So, come on, pal. What went wrong? No, no money was staked on Calix by me at the weekend. I just stood and just were in silence for a good ten minutes. I just stood watching, 
over the haydock grass thinking what, what's gone on Calix has just been beat I, I really don't know something to me was obviously a miss um, she got he got hampered coming out of the stalls um, he, he rival went left across him and then when he got shook up with a furlong to go he just sort of jinked to be honest and I, I, that made me think that there was something wrong with him the fact that he moved so quickly out uh, out to his left and it were a bad couple of ten minutes for John Gosden having Calix and two down hot just beat him finishing second wasn't it yeah mate it was a bit of a I don't, I don't know what to make of it mate neither I, do I, I because I know Hello Hume's in coming into this race had pretty decent form he'd won that group two at Maison Lafitte didn't he um, very very well but his second in the green his fourth in the green I'm sorry was I well, wasn't exactly pulling up trees wasn't he he wasn't he was seriously backed on the day and he's slightly disappointed which makes you think how good's more happy if I'm being honest so yeah I'm I'm willing to take this race with a pinch of salt and give Calix another go because his performance at Ascot was absolutely dynamite and I don't think there were any real excuses here he'd had 24 days off between each races which was a perfectly perfect time to have off and and I'm not quite sure what to think of it I'm, I'd still be in the boats for him for the Commonwealth Cup um, but I'm I'm not exactly a hundred percent anymore. I'm more seventy-five percent. He's taken a knock. Right. So yeah, I was gonna say it's 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 just a bit of a a little bit of a, a weird a weird result that I just can't quite get my head round. Yeah. We'll talk about Hello Humes then. then. You know, he was a he was a good two year old last season, and I think some of us are in are, are in danger of forgetting that due to you know due to I guess Calix flopping slightly. He's a best price ten to one to win the Commonwealth Cup. Yeah, he doubled the price almost of Calix, and he's beat him. I think that's big. Yeah. I know that you're quite hot on Lady Kaya though for that race. Yeah, I, I, she she's a general twelve. I, I I I think she she might be an all right each way bet. Look, the Commonwealth Cups a race. I think everyone really looks forward to nowadays. Yeah. And I, I guess I guess this result just kind of made the waters for it a little bit murkier. Yeah. Definitely. You know. Uh, if if you would would you rather be backing Calix at sixes or Hello Humes in at tens? I think I'd stick with the Calix camp. I think back to his beloved Ascot. I think he could dominate, and uh, I'm still of the opinion. I know this was slightly disappointing, but I still think that on a different day, maybe he might turn the tables. Won't be for me at all, pal. No, not all. Not at the, not at the prices, no. No, no. I, 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 I think that I think the recent four, you know, um, it was kind of one of them ones where you're wanting 
I mean, half wanting John Gosden to come out after and say, Calix has bled, or something like that. Yeah. You know, to to explain to explain that performance. I'd, I'd, I'd go with a recent form and at almost double the price. I think Hello Gumsay would be the bet to confirm the superiority over Calix. Yeah. Fascinating. I tell you what, it, it's it's. I guess it's kind of taken away the Commonwealth Cup angle of, you know, two potential superstar sprinters in Ten Sovereigns and Calix. But what it has added is a bit of a different angle. Yeah. Because if, if you throw Josh into it as well, who stepped up to seven furlongs last weekend uh, and stepping in back down in trip, he, he had form close with ten sovereigns. Fairyland stepping back down in trip. Carden won a listed race. The Carnavon Stakes impressively. Shine so bright. Won a nice uh, open handicap at Newmarket. The race is a really hot race, I think, and possibly now... I think ten sovereigns is weak at two to one. I think there's there's a lot more depth in there. Yeah, fair enough, Jimbo. We'll we'll move on to talking about the Temple Stakes, the older, more established sprinters. And well, I think we were saying, Jim, last week that on his day, Batash is the best in the world. Yeah. Um, and he quite clearly he, shown it, didn't he? Yeah, it was it was one of his days winning the Temple Stakes two and a half length from Alfred Alfini. Mabs crossed back in third. Catch it slightly not quite as good back on turf in fifth. But look, we know Batash is a bit of an enigma. We know it's always a slight leap of faith to trust him to put his best foot forward. But when he does, no one beats him. Yeah, uh, he was he absolutely blitzed him. He was. Lovely and calm in the parade ring. Um, I, I went down to see him and I thought that he, if he was on his toes, a bit jig-joggy. But he was fairly calm, as far as I knew. Um, and he went down to the start very, very well. And he, 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 I thought Jim Crowley, I wondered what Jim Crowley were doing during the race. He he switched in from Alfred Feeney's side to Catchy's side. <clears throat> Obviously didn't make a difference. And he's absolutely blitzed him, and very, very impressive. And that, and that's very much Batash back to his best. Yeah, completely, pal. Completely. Uh, we look at him then for Royal Ascot. He'll be the king stand, obviously. Is he the one we've all got to beat there again? Or would would, would you be thinking that maybe on a on a more buzzy day, you know, the prelims of Royal Ascot, is that the sort of race that you could get Batash beated well I think that nine to four is not that generous on him um, some people might think it is but I don't really don't think it isn't uh, Blue Point he brings his Dubai form back over to England Mabs Cross wait, do you think Mabs Cross ran well under the penalty yeah I do I do, although, again, I'd, I'd still rather be with Batash at 5-2 to two than her at 10 Yeah, the king stand. Did lose a shoe. Mabs uh, crossed during the race on Saturday as well. Yeah, it won't, it won't, won't, won't affect it. Well, you know, won't affect it enough for me to change my opinion, mate. 
Yeah. Um, Sergei Prokofiev, is he a bit of a talking horse? He doesn't have any, he's not, you know, his form doesn't entitle him to get anywhere near Batash. And would, would the Invincible Army interest you at five? Or do you think they'll go Diamond Jubilee over six? I think they'll go Diamond Jubilee. The market vibes seem to be like he's going Diamond Jubilee. I mean, he's as big as 25s in places to the King's Stand. Yeah. Both his ones this season have been over six. So to me, the, the Diamond Jubilee makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I'd agree with you. I think he's got enough speed for five. Um, he's only ever run over it once, and he finished second behind Havana Gray in, in the Malcolm. So... I think six furlong would be obvious, but I think I, I think if we're looking at the market, if if there was none running over bet, I'd probably play Invincible Army at tens. There's twenty fives around. If you shopped around, probably have a bit of value there. Yeah, fair enough, there, Jim. Fair enough, pal. Uh, does he win the King's Stand for you? At this moment in time, I'm going to say no. Um, as much as taken with Batash, he's disappointed and let me down too many times so I think he could get beat probably, he strings one good run together and then doesn't quite perform as well as expected No, I'm, I'm very keen on him if I'm honest mate, Again, I don't think he's a betting proposition but do I think he's a likely swinger? Do you think yes, he's better than ever now? Yeah I do, mm. I do. Well it's, 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 it's the thing that Batash at his best no one gets near him Yeah No, no, one, no one will get near him even though Blue Point is you know, another world-class sprinter. Yeah. But I think, I think the winner of the Kingston will be one of the two. Uh, that's it for our, last, for, re, for our review of last weekend. Time to preview the Derby meeting. It's Matt's arm that leads the way in the blue colours of Godolphin. William Buick, roaring lion, now unleashed down the outside, racing up towards the line. Massar by two legs to roaring lion and DXB, and it's Massar's Investec Derby in the hands of William Buick for Godolphin. And well, I guess the place to start is with the biggest race in Britain of the year, the Derby. Aidan O'Brien has a bit of a stranglehold over the field at the minute. Andy Bet, Sir Dragon at 11 to 4 favourite, the Chester Vars winner, supplemented for the race on Monday, obviously. 9 to 2 second favourite, Broom. 5 to 1 Telecast, the Dante winner, also supplemented on Monday. 6 is Anthony Van Dyke. 8 Bangkok. 9 is Japan. 10 is Mad Moon. 20 is Surfman. 22 Circus Maximus. 33 Line of Duty. 40 is Bar. Jim. Runner by runner. Yeah, why not? I think I think it's the I think it's the race to do it. You know, just so we get our views out there on every single performer. And we'll start with number one, Anthony Van Dyke. Good juvenile and won the Wingfield Derby try last time. Yeah, ran very solid. Uh, model of consistency barring his run at Churchill towards last last year. Wasn't sure that stamina would be his thing, but he stayed very well at Lingfield on soft ground. I think that Anthony Van Dyke's not exactly a flashy profile, but I think he'll be there or thereabouts. I don't. Do you not think? I don't. I like him. I like him as a horse. I don't think he's a derby horse at all. No? Like you've said, you know, we, we, we've discussed before how the Lingfield derby trail is 
crap every year. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the horse we were eating, second Pablo Escobar, was beaten in a bath handicap yeah. the time before. Uh, and whilst you, whilst it might have allayed some people's fears about Anthony Van Dyke having a lack of stamina, again, he's out of an exceed an XL mare who's also produced a horse who won at four and a half furlongs in Australia. Yeah. Not even five, four and a half furlongs. And uh, so while, while you can see him, uh, you know, staying at Lingfield, beating a bunch of handicappers, staying at Group 1 Derby pace against, you know, horses who really, let, let's, let's be frank, are bred for the trip. You know, that, that to me is a huge worry for him. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I, I just think he's an ultimate professional and he's consistent. He, he's always looked like he, he puts his head down and tries his hardest and I, I don't think we should underestimate him. He, he could slightly go under the radar. If he finished in the first three, I wouldn't be surprised. Do, do, do you just think... I just also think he, he kind of just likes that, star, that bit of star quality. Bit of wow yeah. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but... Would he be a bit of an underwhelming Derby winner? I'd be probably disappointed if he won. But if he if he was challenging coming around the bend, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's it's almost like... Almost bringing it back to... You know, going back to how I saw Alexia de Nuts for the Supreme. That, yes, he's solid... Yes, he's likeable. Yes, he's professional. But you want the winner of this race to be world-class. Yeah. And do I think Anthony Van Dijk is world-class? No. Mm, yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from, but I don't think we should underestimate him. I think he'll finish 7-4 below, if I'm honest, mate. Yeah. And this is from a horse, and this is from someone who quite likes him. You know, uh, in terms of just as a general horse, but not as a derby horse. Yeah. Uh, next one down, number two, Bangkok. Market support for him in the last couple of days, 12s into 8s. Uh, one both starts this season, obviously, beat Telecaster on his first one in the maiden up at Doncaster. And then won the classic trial at Sandown, Jim beating Technician. Uh not sure where I stand on this one. I'd rather him be double the price. Yeah. Um, I, I'm in agreement with you mostly here. Um, I think that his win last time, Technician got held up in traffic from the back and Bangkok was accelerating as he was trying to fight through traffic. I think that on another day, he might have even got beat. Um, Technician has since taken knocks. In his form, he's been targeted at this race, and it'd be nice to see King Power with a runner at, in the Derby. But for me, at nine to one, I don't think he represents any value. If I'm being honest, he's the only one jocked up at the minute with Sylvester D'Souza on, who's rides for them colours. Yeah, no, he's not for me at all, pal. Just again, I, I just don't think. He's an out-and-out superstar, no. which, which is what you want in your derby winners to be. Could you say that this year's derby is sort of a bit like that, though? There isn't exactly... There's the a dragonet 
Sir Jagonair, who could be the potential superstar. But other than that, that's it. No, because I think Kelly Caster could be as well. Yeah? Yeah, and I think I'd expect Kelly Caster to reverse the table with Bangkok. Yeah. If I'm honest here. You know, Bangkok's beaten. Bangkok had the benefit of three prior runs to that. And again, it's, it's almost worth saying you don't get many derby horses who, you know, that takes them four goals to break the maiden. Yeah. You know, that, that's a bit of a worry for me. I'm not particularly sure how strong the race was. I think the D stakes was a better race than the race Bangkok won at Sandown. Yeah. Yeah, Circus Maximus is 22s. Hmm. Interesting. Not for me, Bangkok, Jim. No, n- not for me at all. And, and it's nothing against him. He's not really done a lot wrong this season, but I'm looking to oppose him here. I don't think he'll be anywhere, I'm being honest. The horse who is kind of splitting opinion then is number three, Broom, who have been impressive both start of the season, won the Bally Sats, then won the Derringtown Stunt Derby trial. Uh, you kind of like him, Jim. I'm a little bit more tepid. Yeah, I, I really like him. Um, I, he's not done anything wrong in his first two starts. His acceleration to win first time out at Leopardstown in the Ballysacks was devastating. I know he beat Sovereign, but Sovereign, but it was he put the race to bed fairly comfortably by eight lengths, and then he he came out again uh, and in the Derringstown and had did a professional job, and I think that. Broom is getting better the older he gets, and I don't think we should underestimate him. I think his price is way too short. If if I was probably marketing him up, I'd probably have him at eights um, at this moment in time. And yeah, I'm I'm with him, but at the prices, I'm not with him at the moment. Um, I think that he 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 could struggle, and he looks to give. Australia and his first Epsom Derby win. My, my my worry to me with Broom is that, like like we said about the uh, the, the Town Stud Trial, he was first off the bridle. Yeah. He was rear and he was first off the bridle, coming around the home turn. I don't want I don't want him to be being pushed along around Tottenham Corner. I don't want him to be getting unbalanced. I want the horse who's going to travel into the race and kick. And I don't think I don't think Broom's capable of that. Do you think the St. Ledger would be more up his street? Do you think? Yeah, I could I could see him being a Ledger type. I'm just not particular. I don't. It worried me that even though he would and he won't going away, and I think one mile four will be more up his street than one mile two. You know, I'd I'd again I'd worry in a race, you know, where we've got. You know, where we want the winner to be an out-and-out superstar. Whether Broom might just find himself slightly outpaced. Yeah. Do you think he'll be ridden you fairly know, I, prominently I, I, then? Is he quick enough? Is he quick enough to go prominent? Yeah, very good point. You, you know, I, 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 I guess you, you'd almost... The thing is, with Aiden O'Brien having so many runners, you're looking, oh, well, it might, might he use Mohawk or Norway as a pacemaker. But then you're thinking, well, we've... we've with a strong pace, again, does that lead Broom again to be off the bridle at a 
at a crucial stage where, where you're wanting to be travelling into the race. Mm. And I get out of my head, mate. I, I, don't, I don't want him. I don't want the horse who I worry might be unbalanced and having to be scrubbed along around Tottenham Corner. And to me, that's, that's the problem with Broome. Yeah, uh, I, I can see both sides. I think the positives are outweighing the negatives for me at this moment in time. And he'd, he'd be up there in my top three picks at this moment in time. He's a place candidate for me. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Just can see him almost being strongest at the finish. Yeah. But I think there'll be a one or two, maybe three ahead of him. Mm. Yeah. We'll see how it plays out. Number four, Cape of Good Hope, won the Blue Ribbon Trial round Epsom. Uh, again, tends to be one of the weaker ones. He wasn't a bad two-year-old, though, placing the superlative six and in the Royal Lodge, but Jimmy needs £10 worth of improvement. Yeah, he needs to step up significantly to win this. And do you think that he could be the possible pacemaker? No, I don't. Do you not think? No, I don't. No, I'd, I'd be surprised. Because I, I, I don't. Because I, I don't think, think he's good a... enough to be running in this. If I'm being honest, and I know that's a bit harsh, but I think he'll struggle a lot. And I think if he rode him prominently, he could settle the race for something better than him. I tell you what, I think Aidan O'Brien has enough strength in depth not to have to use a horse who's actually won a Derby trial as a pacemaker. Yeah. You know. The fact that he's won the Blue Ribbon Trail, even though, again, it's, it's not the best race. You know, he beat Capron, so he's flopped behind Anthony Van Dyke since. But the fact that he's won that entitles him to running this on merit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than as a tactical horse. Again, on pedigree as well, he's all, all out a derby type. Yeah. Half brother, well, he's in fact, he's a, he's a full brother to Highland Real and Idaho. So... Expecting to be sweating up at the start, then. <laughs> yeah, and again, I, I I can see him improving again for this extra for this extra two furlongs. But again, you'd be wanting you'd be wanting a good ten pounds worth of improvement minimum, and that is and that's without any of the others also improving. Yeah, and his price really represents his chance, I think. Yeah, 40 to 1. Yeah, I think that's very, very fair. Number five, Circus Maximus. Another Aidan O'Brien horse. I mean, but four of the five we spoke about have been for Aidan O'Brien. This horse won the D stakes last time out, listed race around Chester. Jim, I really, really like him. I think 22 to 1 is a mental price and he should be half that. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I'm in the boat with you there. With my betting head on, I think 22 to 1. If there's four places around, take it now because it won't be that on the day. Um, it'll be interesting to see who rides Circus Maximus because I'm pretty sure that um, Ryan Moore won't be riding um, but I, I think that Circus Maximus didn't really do a lot wrong at Chester he, he, he looked like a type who would progress with another two furlongs and he's certainly bred to steer it further distances he's if you look at his two year old days they were solid he was fourth in the Verton fortuity that's certainly yeah. come, that's certainly come out strong 
and he was uh, third in the autumn stakes behind Persian King. Persian King's come out since. You can give him his first two runs. He won one of them, but it was a Goran Park maiden, so who really knows? So I think he's progressing nicely. He's only had the five runs, and he's won two of them, and one of them's in listed class. I think that we are underestimating Circus Maximus in the market. It's almost his runs in defeat, Jim, that I like. I yeah. like more. Yeah. In second two, I know, you know, Magda Grecian might have a little bit of a question mark for Ronson up after, after Saturday, but he's been beaten by two Guineas winners. Yeah. You know, at Newmarket. And then the Virgin Futurity again, it's taken Magna Grecia and Phoenix of Spain to finish, to finish ahead of him. The horses who Circus Maximus has finished ahead of. Great Scott has ran quite well this season. Kikon's won the field and you know, Dashing Willoughby and King Otterkun have been first and second. And Dashing Willoughby's come out and won as well since. Yeah, you know, in, in a decent conditions race. I think the race is working out really well. Yeah. Uh, I'd expect him to improve for Chester. And again, I've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times that I like Chester as a, as a bit of a stepping stone to Epsom. You know, I think tight turning, a little bit of an idiosyncratic, well... I know Chester's very flat, doesn't have the candle like Epsom has. But in terms of the sort of jostling that he'll be faced with at Epsom, I think Chester's a, a, a decent enough place uh, for a horse to experience something like that. Yeah. Uh, I like the form of the D-Stakes. I think, you know, I think Mohawk is a decent standard setter. And... I think he's a ridiculously big price, and I've backed him. Yeah? I'm tempted to back him. I might wait until there's some more places around for him before I get in. But that 22-1, to in my opinion, shouldn't be there at all. No, not at all. I think he's 14. I'd have him 14 minimum. I'd even have him 10s. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I just... I can't see why he's such a big price, mate. And... Hopefully, hopefully the bookies just haven't clocked on to something that me and you have. Yeah. Uh, number six, Hiroshima for John Ryan. Uh, won at Suvel the start of May, but was then beaten <laughs> in the Linfield Derby trial, but uh, finished eighth that day. He's 250 to one, and he's making up the numbers. Yeah. Owner's day out. Yeah, you can see that. If you look, John Ryan will be kicking himself. He's absolutely ruined the handicap mark on uh, Hiroshima. Uh, 67 uh, was was given after that, and now he's up to 81. So uh, 87, sorry. So he'll be kicking himself for that. He could have picked up some nice verses at Southall with him there, but uh, yeah, he's got no chance. I'm sorry to rule him out. And good luck to connections. I hope he comes back safe. Yeah, uh, number seven, humanitarian, another big outsider, sixty-six to one uh, for Johnny Gosden and Godolphin. Run up to kick on who we mentioned has since gone on to win a listed race in a maiden at Newmarket back in the last season. Then won at Lingfield, and we, he has won as well this season. Won a novice race at Salisbury over one mile one. Uh, that that was only. By three quarters of a length, though, from a horse who is still yet to break his maiden. On paper, 
she probably shouldn't be a 66 to 1 shot. Yeah. You know, it's sort of interesting profile. Big yard, big connections. Won two out of his three starts. But looking at his arm again, huge steps forward needed. Yeah, he will need to take a huge step forward. I, I thought that, like you've just said, there's 100 to 1 around for him. I think that could be a ridiculous price, to be honest. And if there was money for him, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, well, he's doing a drifter in yeah. the last week or so. He was 33s and now he's out to 66s. Yeah, and best odds are hundreds I've got here. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't... I mean, I don't think... His price represents his chance, but I've seen worse 100 to 1 shots. I, I see where you're coming from, but also, don't waste your money. Yeah, don't waste your money. It won't be anywhere. Number eight, Japan. Another of the Aidan O'Brien team. Good juvenile last season. Won the Beresford Stakes, which again tends to be a bit of a breeding ground for top prospects. Obviously, see the stars. Ten years ago, Jesus Christ, how time flies. And a former winner of the Beresford Stakes who went on to win the derby. Makes me feel um, old. <laughs> Jim, were you satisfied with his comeback when fourth in the Dante? You know, it, it was... Almost six lengths he's got to make up on Telecaster. It screamed so, to me, St. Ledger. Screamed to me, St. Ledger, all over it. Um, Aidan O'Brien said it definitely improved for the run. He went from seven to four on the Monday, and by the Thursday of the Dante, he drifted to as big as 12s in the morning, and it was obvious that he, he wasn't going to be ready. And he showed it, and yeah, I could see him improving, you know. Um, he went from strength to strength last year with each run. He's obviously not the right horse to be catching fresh. I think that. Jo- well, he's had a, he, his prep was interrupted, wasn't it? He, he, he you, you get the feeling that they'd like to have got him out before the Dante, but there were a couple of niggly injuries here and there with Japan. Yeah, and it, and it's not like Edno O'Brien to run a horse in the Dante. He doesn't tend to normally aim any of his main guns at it, which is also negative, and says a shot as big as 10 to 1 in places, I think that, that that's interesting and in itself that Aidan O'Brien was aiming him for the Dante, because normally he doesn't like to run them because there's such a short time between the races. So I, I think Japan's interesting, I, but I think St. Ledger's got written all over him. He's my St. Ledger fancy at this moment in time, I think. He's not for me at all, for the derby. Not again, for the derby. I it, again, I, I think nines is short for him. Yeah. I can't believe that he's nine nine to one and Circus Maximus is twenty two. Yeah. It's just reputation alone, it. isn't it? Yeah, but can't believe it, mate. Uh, number nine, Line of Duty, uh, won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf back end of last season. Obviously, out at Churchill Downs. Absolutely flopped, though soundly beaten in the Dante gym, and he needs to leave that one well and truly behind. He's about thirty-three to one. You know, that's. I mean, if if he runs like he did at York, even on the short side, we need to see him bounce back massively. Yeah, there were no ex- no real excuses to be honest at York. I've watched that race back a couple of times. I, I, he just was never in the race, and if he found anything of his two-year-old form, he could turn it round here. Uh, I, I'm not sure about whether the ground makes a massive interest with him. He's he's won on 
good to soft. I think he might want to be dip his toe in and I think the ground's going to be rattling on Saturday and I don't think he'll enjoy that. No, I think he's an unlikely winner. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'd probably give him, if I was giving him a rating out of 10, I'd probably give him a 2. Probably wouldn't go, would it be that far because again, his two-year-old farming titles him to be bang there but not, not a big fan. What about number 10 is Mad Moon to me, he's the sleeper in this field, mate. Could be a little bit of a joker in the pack. A bit of a massar, I think. Yeah, well, you know, Group 2 winner as a juvenile last season. Fought in the new market Guineas last time, went on the wrong side. Uh, he shapes his run style, to me, suggests he'll stay. Breeding, though, mate. That's a little bit of a worry to me. Yeah, it is with me as well. Uh, his dad being Don Approach. We all know his what sire was His sire was, if not the most north notorious non-stayer in Derby history. Yeah. You know, short price favourite, and he he didn't beat a single one home beating Don Approach, did he? No. You know, his damn side, he's, he's, he's out of a Harford mare who's a half-sister to Altav, who, again, all his best form came over a mile. Uh, it's a bit of a big ask for me, mate. Yeah. Uh, I'd have almost liked to have seen him at a mile and a quarter first. Yeah, would you... Yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but I think that, as a two-year-old, he really stood out to me as a, a real Guineas prospect, and then when he got beat on debut at Leopardstown, I thought it, it, I was disappointed, but I thought it'll improve for the run. Uh, and he just ran straight to the line. And, and watching that race again the other day, the 2000 Guineas, I just thought that maybe the step up in distance is needed. And I know nothing shouts it out to you, but I think that just just the way he hit the line and the way he come through horses I, I do think that one mile four could possibly suit him one mile two probably definitely definitely but one mile four could push him a little bit too far yeah he'd, he'd, that, that that's just tempering my enthusiasm with him I know we said when we reviewed the Guinness if there was a derby type in the Guinness field we both felt it was mad mood yeah but I, I just kind of think he's short enough at tens. I'd almost prefer him in the pre de jockey club. Yeah. Over ten furlongs. Yeah. Rather than rather than twelve. Um, I think he's good enough though. Mm -hmm. I think he's good enough if he stays. I, I, and I think he'd, he'd be bang there if he did. Yeah, I think but, he's certainly got the class. You know, I, I I can't back him because it's too much of a doubt for me. Yeah. Is his stamina? Uh, number eleven, Chesterfield, runner-up, another age, no Brown one, Norway. Uh, he's got eight lengths to make up on Sir Dragonette from that gym. Is there any reason why he, how he could do so? Uh, I don't. I don't think he can. I really liked him as a two-year-old. He caught my eye on debut at the Curry in that maiden where he finished fifth. He then went on to win at Newmarket in the Zetland listed stakes. And went to Song Clue and finished fourth in a Grade One, the Criterium de Saint Clue. I, th I thought he's another one who 
screamed to me, I thought, uh, St. Ledger of Aidan O'Brien's. I think that he'll want further in time, but I don't think he'll have a chance in this. So, similar, similar for me, pal. Can see him staying further. Can see him possibly actually slightly outrunning his odds. Yeah. And if I'm honest, he's as big as 40s. But I think he's an unlikely winner. Mm-hmm. I, I, won't, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he was uh, closer, closer to the front end than the back end. Yeah, I'd be with you. So, like, you know, I agree like, with you. if he finished 6th or 7th, would be, be a mad shock to me, but I think he's a very unlikely winner. Yeah, I'm agree with you. I agree with number, you there. Number 12, the horse who beat him at Chester last time out. Two out of two, Sir Dragonet, 11-4 favourite. Uh, Jim, that was mad at Chester what he did. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Devastating. Stuff. You were all over him after that performance. Yeah, um, and the more, the more and more I watch it, mate, the more and more I can't see him get beat here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so tell me why I'm wrong. Go, uh, go and get it. Uh, I think that the, the fact that he was under pressure early on, you've said quite similar to Broom early on. If he gets unbalanced and not correct. Going down the back, he might struggle. Um, he's only had two runs. They've come close together uh, between April and May. And they're the question marks. Um, I just think he's slightly inexperienced. And he could absolutely hose up. But I'm, I, I think he's... I'm completely against him. How? I don't get it. Oh, mate, the pedigree, everything about him. What he did last time, he's beat... You know, let's let's not be frank as well. Norway was one of Aidan O'Brien's better two-year-olds last season. Yeah. Smashed him by eight lengths and only his second start. Dashi Willoughby and King Ottica had run well prior to that. You know, and the Verton Futurity Trophy is a race that's stacking up. You know, technician got to within, what, half a length of Bangkok? Yeah. A collateral of... Over 15 lengths behind he's, the Dragonet. He's still not even been under pressure properly under the whip either. So he could even progress no. more. No, this if, if if there's a potential superstar in the field, mate, it's this one. Yeah, I, I agree with one. you. And I, I do think he is a potential superstar, but I'm willing to be against him. Um, oh, have, you had, have you actually gone in depth on his pedigree as well? No. Oh my days, it is beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> The names Urban Sea, See the Stars, Galileo, Wonder of Wonders, all appear on the damn side and to by s- Camelot. And to say that Aidan O'Brien didn't even know about him until months ago. <laughs> Mate, it is Epsom all over. Yeah. This I can see, look, I can see why people might, might be knocking him and saying he's never had to come through horses. But in reality, that's just because he's been, you know... A level above every horse he's ever faced. Yeah. You know, so yeah, maybe, maybe that might be a slight issue at Epsom, but it's, it's not enough for me to think, you know, it, it'll stop him. Yeah. And people saying that his knee action, you know, m- might not want quick ground, which is more of a concern for me. Mm-hmm. But on the on the basis of all the evidence we've seen so far. And also what the pedigree says Sir Dragonet should be capable of doing. For me, he's the one they've got to beat. 
Yeah. Completely. Well, I'm willing to take you on, and I don't, I don't think the Dragonette will win, if I'm being honest. Where do you think he'll be? Will he be in the first three? Uh, I think I think he'll be there or thereabouts. I could see him finishing a fourth or fifth, flying through horses late, and then the, they'll probably go St. Ledger with him, uh, if I'm being truthful. Is he the right favourite? He is, because he is the potential superstar. Oh, I, I really like him. Do you know what? I was all over ruler of the world when he won the derby. And this horse just reminds me so much of Sir Dragonette. Yeah. Sorry, ruler of the world. You know, he, uh, I've, I, he's a, not even a tentative pick for me. Yeah. He's a very confident pick. And there's only one horse in the field I'm scared of. Yeah. And we've not talked about him yet. We haven't. Uh, number, no, we haven't. Number 13 is Sovereign. Third behind Broom at Leopardstown, he'll be a pacemaker, surely. Yeah, I, I, I think we're both in the same camp here. He's got no chance. Um, but yeah, pacemaker credentials, especially since he's drifted from four. He opened up 40s and now 150s. So, yeah. Uh, number 14, Surfman. Surfman, yeah. Surfman, he's just got a very interesting one. 14-length winner at Newcastle the back end of April. Then he was third in the Dante. There's five lengths he's got to make up on Telecaster, though, Jim. Uh, could he be an each-way player? I yeah. can see yeah, he's been suited, being suited to that, being a sort of like how, I'm going back to rule of the world, Daddy, but how Libertarian and Galileo Rock yeah. ran on into second and third and finished ahead of some mm-hmm. better horses, but horses who didn't stay as well. Yeah. I could kind of see Surfman doing that. Yeah, I can, I can sort of agree with you. He took a keen hold early on in the Dante, and he he soon picked up with two, three furlongs to go. And I think that stepping up to one mile far will certainly suit him. Um, I think he's, I think he's got a chance. You know, I think we could be slightly underestimating him at twenty fives, and well, he's one of the main English protagonists. So. I hope he goes well for connections. Yeah, look, I think I don't think he'll win the race. Do you not think? And oh, no, 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 not really. He, he needs a huge step forward. Yeah. You know, there's there's there's, there's, there's no reason why I can see him overturning the former Telecaster. Yeah. Uh, it'll be. But again. If, if someone wanted a couple of speculative quid at 25 for him to run into a place, again, it's a sort of horse who, like you said, I could see picking up races like the Voltager. Yeah. Later on in the season. Mm, definitely. I'm, you know I'm, what I mean? I'm, I'm agreeing with you there. I, th- I think that something like that further down in the line would certainly suit him. I could even see him run, running as a five-year-old. But, yeah. Not, not very vulnerable for win purposes for me. Although, although, wouldn't put anyone off a little bit of an each way bet. Number fifteen, Jim. Last of all, last, last but not least. No, definitely not least is Telecaster, the winner of the Dante. And Jim, if the Dragonet doesn't win the Derby, this one will. Yeah. Yeah. Is, it, is, that, is that your reverse for me, forecast? Is, for me, the race is between the two of them. Yeah. 
these are the only two horses who I think are potential superstars. The two horses that we haven't seen as two-year-olds at all. <laughs> yeah, but you, you almost look at it and you think you want the Derby winner to be competing in the King George and the Ark. I don't think Broom will. I don't think Anthony Van... You know, I think you're a maniac if you think Anthony Van Dyke will win the Ark. Yeah. But if I said to you, Jim, Telecaster, Telecaster could be an archetype. I don't think what he's done this season, I don't think you could say anything other than, yeah, very possibly. Yeah, he beat too darn hot. Well, too darn hot. We've talked about his reputation as a two-year-old. Very, very solid. He's slightly disappointed this season. I thought he ran very well uh, in the Dante. I think the ground will be no issue. My only worry with Telecaster is that he's had all these runs within the past three months. Two, two and a half months they've all he'll have to learn very quickly on the job uh, he, he learnt a lot on his debut at Doncaster he was handled carefully towards the end of the race and I think he'll stay uh, but I, I'm worried that he he could get boxed in by an Aidan O'Brien master plan and not be allowed his own run um, so Telecaster's got the obvious chance for for me, he'd be the market leader after he's winning the Dante. I think that was devastating. Um, but you ne- you never know with a race like the Derby. There's there's so many tricks up people's sleeves, and the track could play some form of question mark for me with Telecaster. Doncaster and York are fairly f- well are flat tracks. I, I quite like to see him uh, how he performs around the bendy turns of. Epsom. Yeah, fair, fair enough, but I think even if even if you were to discount, I mean, even if you were to include his debut, he finished nine lengths ahead of the third when Bangkok beat him on his first start. Bangkok had already had three prior runs. You know, to me, that's that, that's a very acceptable. If we take Bangkok out of that race, you've got Telecaster who's won by, you know, nine lengths on debut. Yeah. The fact that he was 20 to 1 for that as well. You know, almost shows to show how little, you know, the Huey Morrison team, you know, how how much they didn't have a clue how good this horse was. Yeah. Uh, again, nine length winner at Windsor, but I really like the way he went about things in the Dante. Yeah, I think the form starts up as well. I think two down hot hasn't done it any, you know, any. Uh, I was going to say disfavours, but that's not a word, is it? <laughs> but you understand what I yeah. mean. I don't think you can knock the Dante form through two down hots run on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and I think prior to that, look, you, you went as far as saying last week that you think every horse in that ran in the Dante will win a group race. Yeah. Which is possibly the strangest thing you've ever said. <laughs> and I've said a lot of strange things. Yeah. But that. You know, we both rated that highly. You know, there was two Group One winners and a Group Two winner in the field. Yeah. And he's, he's done them with a good attitude. Yeah. Telecaster. Uh, for me, mate. Do I do your one, two, three? He's a serious animal. He's a serious animal. My one, two, three is the Dragonette beats Telecaster and Circus Maximus. Yeah. And My they're the only three in the race I like. Mine would be Telecaster. Circus Maximus, Mad Moon. I'm well, so you're with Telecaster? Yeah, 
I am. You've not sounded remotely excited about it. I am. I am. I've, I've just maybe not sounded as exciting. Maybe these prices putting me off, and maybe the sixteen to one and twenties of Mad Moon and Circus Maximus probably make me more excited. But I think Telecaster is a potential start. I think the Dante's are one of the best trials. I think that's that race will work out over time. Um, and I do think that he will win. My only worry is that it's Aidan O'Brien and he dominates the derby and he, he could get stuck in and messed around with, I think. All right, lovely. It's lovely to see a horse from, you know, it's not like Huey Morrison's a small, a small, a small owner, but, you know, he's not really had a classic type before. And his owners, I can't say I've ever seen their colours before. <laughs> you know, they might have a couple of horses, but, you know, they have a thought, you know, they've never had a good big Saturday runner yeah. before. So I love it. And the fact that he was 20 to 1 for his debut as well. Love it. You could, st- you could still, you know, I-, I guess with all the big money around in, in racing nowadays, you know, you, you, hopefully you can still find one. Yeah. You can still find one. Although that being said, he's out of an Irish Oaks winner. Mm. You know, it's, it's a big Meon Valley stud pedigree. You know, uh, it's related to hippie hippie shake and twist and shake and all that mm. one. Yeah. Which again, you look at, even if, if, if you were to pick them out on the pedigrees alone, I think you'd probably go for Telecaster and Sir Dragonet. Yeah, they're the two main eye-catching pedigrees, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Uh, I'm buzzing for it though, mate. It's, yeah. it's one of the only, it's really the only flat race of the year where I get butterflies before I watch it. Yeah. You know, and I can't wait. I, but I, I think the Dragonette and Telecaster are head and shoulders. Yeah, I agree with you. Right, we'll move on now to talk about the Phillies Classic. Uh, we won't go horse, and horse by horse through this though, Jim. Can we just pick our main three protagonists, who we think? For the Oaks? Yeah. Well, we'll, 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 give, we'll give it a bit of debate, pal. Uh, you, you've got two to one favourite pink dogwood, Jim. Is that, that's a ridiculously short price. Yeah, he's an absolute, she's an absolute talking horse, I think. And I think she's the worst price horse in this field. And five to two, way too short. I'm not with her at all. No, mate. Uh, well, you can see why. You can see why she didn't. She wasn't far beaten in the Marcel Boussac. Mm-hmm. Back end of last season. But one going away in the South of those takes last time out, which is a race that nobody tends to like for his own fillies. But, really, she's two to one based on reputation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree. And... You're a massive fan, a fan of Johnny G's in this, aren't you? Yeah, but I... Uh, I mean, just visual, visuals, just visually. It was all shades of enable in the Cheshire Oaks, wasn't it? it yeah. She, 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 she's won it quickening up and won it going away. Uh, and I dare say, which is even mad to suggest that John Gosden isn't as respected by the market. But if she was in purple or blue and orange colours or navy colours, I think Madai would almost be even money. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think it's because the owners aren't as well known that she's not got a higher reputation as. No, and because it, it's taken her a bit of time to come to the boil as well. Look again, it took her three goals to break a maiden when she did at Yarmouth back in the last season. Again, and she, beating Fanny Hogan and Max Sapp. And, and she you beat know, the, the one home in a Chelmsford, in a Chelmsford yeah. City Phillies handicap. Yeah, you can sort of see where you're coming from. But the form of the maidens worked brilliantly. She won a two, like you said, a two-runner race at Chelmsford. But she's won that by 14 lengths. You know... She's she's not been tested this season, mate. Mm-hmm. Everything the daddy has done, she has found ridiculously easy. Yeah. And to me, she's only got up to beat. Yeah, she's quite clearly progressed from two to three. Uh, uh, she should be favourite, in my opinion. Yeah, we'll talk about the, the other ones who were seven, seven to one. Bob Annapurna and Max had Jim. Uh, Frankie's riding Annapurna. Rab Hamlin will be on the daddy. Uh, which of those two do you prefer out of? The Lingfield trial winner, on the Pretty Polly winner. I think it'd be Rav Havlin. Uh, I'd be happier if if I was him. Um, Anna Perna was good last time. I thought at uh, Lingfield, but I'm not quite sure what she beat. Um, I thought it was a fairly weak renewal of that race. King Power cost a lot of money, um, so I'd be slightly disappointed. But the other seven to one shot, Max had. I'm. I'm Pretty confident that Max Ad will be up there. She's come on leaps on leaps and bounds uh, as a three-year-old. She smashed the field at Newmarket in the Pretty Polly, and she was ran close uh, at Newmarket as well on her first start behind Twist and Shake. I thought both of them performances have been very, very good. She's coming on nicely. I think that um, I think that William Haggis has quite a bit of a stronghold in this race. Uh, and I think Maxad should be a lot shorter. Um, I think seven to one's a decent bit of value at this moment in time. Yeah, I I I think very similar things to you. Although I'm not particularly sure about the trip for Maxad. The vibes after they won the Pretty Polly were all French Oaks. Yeah. Which is over ten. Yeah. Which. To me, almost suggests that is are they kind of being lured, you know, by the by the glitz and glamour of bringing you know the, the main series classic in Britain. Yeah. You know the, the fact that they the fact that they won a recognised Oaks trial, and their first thought wasn't the Oaks is a worry to me. Yeah. That, that, that's what I was trying to say there. I, I, I think you I got that, yeah. I, I, I get yeah. what you mean. That's a bit of a worry to me. Anna Perna, again, I, I think the race, I think both races at Wingfield were awful. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I think she needs to step forward from that. Anything at a bigger price, Jim? I did like, like Francolina. Uh, I was impressed in what Francolina did at York in the Musadora. My only thing is now is that Fort, stall 14, she's out in the car park, uh, could be out in the car park. Slight question mark. Yeah, and Lavender's Blue as well, I know you've given her yeah. a little bit of a mention. Mm. Unlucky not to win at Newbury last time. Massive fan, I think the step up to one mile far will certainly suit. Uh, and I think she'll get better with racing. I, I think she's a potential superstar, Lavender's Blue. The booking of Sylvester D'Souza, I really like. Uh, out of See the Stars, I think 
she could massively outrun her odds of 16 to 1. Out of Sea of the Stars? You are? Did you say out of Sea of the Stars? Uh, man, not unless Sea of the Stars is a miracle. <laughs> I, I know Sea of the Stars was good, but farther <laughs> Sea of the Stars. Performing miracles, yes. Bloody hell. Uh, a section for the Oaks engine box. I'm going to go Lavender's Blue. I know it was fairly brief, but I think 16 to 1 represents decent value. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mahadia did perform fairly well. I, I, I just don't like her at 3 to 1. Maybe I've got my stupid head on and want to go for bigger prices. But I, I think I'll stick with Lavender's Blue. Yeah, Mahadia, she's the one for me, really. Although, again, it's a bit of a messy feel for the Oaks this year, isn't it, Yo? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think you can throw stones at most of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier on the card, it's probably the best race of the Friday. The Investec Coronation Cup and the bet 15-8 to favourite, Q Gardens, needs to return to form following the flop at Chester last time out. 3-1 to Lati Da, 7-1 to Salawan, 10's Mirando. 14's Default Coronet, 16's Communique and Marmelo, and 50 to 1 Cypress Creek. You forgot uh, no Persian. For, you could no put for, well, Persian. There's no, there's no betting for Old Persian. He's 3 to 1, I've got him here. For the, Is he? He's, he's in front of Lati Da. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm, I'm looking at Hills, the Dubai Shima Classic winner, and they've not priced Old Persian up yet, which I find slightly worrying. He's 3 well, to 1 worrying. with 365. Right. They'll say freeze then. Uh, Cypress Creek, of course. Jim, Jim, do you know what Cypress Creek refers to? No. Mate, Hank Scorpio, The Simpsons. Have you never seen that episode? No, I'm not not a massive Simpsons fan, I'm sorry. The greatest episode in television history, Hank Scorpio, when (laughs) Homer ends up working for a supervillain. Not a clue what you're talking about. Oh... Which country do you prefer, France or Italy? Is this meant to be a joke? No, it's just it's one of the things he says. Oh, all right. Not genuinely, not got a clue what you're talking about. Oh, I'm. Sh- I hope some of the listeners know what they're on about because Hank Scorpio is the greatest television character in history. No one cares. Well, Move on to Kew Gardens. All right, all right. Calm <laughs> down, calm down. Kew Gardens, fifteen to eight favourite. Is it skinny enough, mate? Or yeah. am I just a big boo-boy of Kew Gardens? Yeah. Uh, his performance, he got stuck in the mud last time at Chester. He'll need to improve on that run. He certain will, certainly will, I think. Uh, Ryan jumped off him after the line. I, I'm really not got a clue what's going to come anywhere close. But old Persian comes to this race in fighting fit form. Two wins in Maidan. Grade one winner. I, I think that... He could be the unex. I don't want to say he's unexposed, but I, th- I think he's come under the radar a bit. Yeah, he, he's, he's almost less heralded than Hugh Gardens. Yeah, he's, he's certainly getting better with age, uh, but I think he'd probably be my main fancy at this moment in time. Larty Dar got the job done at York. Um, I think that. Further distances will certainly suit in t- over time. I think one mile five, one mile six, and be more Larty Dars suit. 
And I think this is a really intriguing race. I don't really have a strong opinion, but I'd be interested to see how it plays out because I love Coronet. I think she'll certainly improve for a run first time out. She uh, needs to though, mate. That was so winnable. Yeah. Both her and Defoe. That you know that 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 was a sort of race that then those two should have been eating up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and neither, both of them flopped. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I think it's a really interesting sort of race. If you push me for a selection, um, I think I'd probably go for Old Persian at this moment in I'm time, the, but I'm yet to have a proper study of this race. I'm the same. Uh, Q Gardens, Lucky's a horse. You know, regular listeners of podcast will kind of know I've, I've not ever been particularly keen on. Uh, obviously, won the ledger. Won the Grand Prix de Paris. Uh, look, things things didn't go to plan at Chester last time out. You know, he was a big drifter. Uh, everyone seems to assume he'll be better for the run. But even if he is better for the run, I'm not sure he's as good as Old Persian. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Old Persian beat him in the voltage last time. You know, when they met, I know Q Gardens was giving him two pounds. But even even with that, the last time they met over this trip, Old Persian came out on top, and look, it, it was by more than a length. Yeah. So I don't think the two pounds made much of a difference. He's since actually improved in Dubai. You know, the Dubai Shearer Classic is a proper good international group one. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and he's, he's won that with a bit in hand. Uh, if of the others again, I'd probably still rather be with Latida. Than Kew Gardens as so well. So would I. I I'm, I'm with you. I know Kew Gardens will certainly improve, but I, I'd be really Larty Dab just got the job done last time. But I think that was a fairly solid performance. Um, just red, hands and heels towards the line, and yeah, I think Larty Dab will certainly improve. The the angle, Jim, the each way angle to this race is surely Marmelo. Yeah. Who is one of the most underrated horses in training. Yeah, Melbourne Cup Mel- runner up. Yeah, Melbourne Cup runner-up, won a group two at Longchamp uh, midway through last season as well, over this trip, and, you know, backs that up with a, with a good win in the John Potter, and look, and that I don't think we can throw stones at how that race has worked out as well, communicating to come out, you know, and won a group two. Larave, you know, bumped into Crystal Ocean last time out, but I don't think you can knock, you know, I think he's showing that the form of the John Porter stakes you know isn't isn't particularly weak uh, I think I think in a race that might be lacking an out and out group on horse you know if there is one I think it's old Persian yeah definitely if old Persian was to have an off day I don't think there's loads between Kew Gardens and Marmelo yeah hmm interesting and I and at a price as big as 16s, he might be the bet each way. Hmm, interesting. And well, what top class weekend of racing would be complete without a big sprint handicap. And it is always the quickest one of the season on Saturday as well, the Epsom Dash. The bet with Hills, uh, 5-1 favourite, Harfick, Irish Raider for Dennis Hogan, 9's Duke of Forensi, 10's Copper Knight, just that lord. 12's Muff Mia, Ornate, Ebar Gum, 
dark shot and then 14s and bigger the remainder. Jim, this takes a hell of a lot of sorting, mate. So where do you want to start? We might as well start with a favourite, might we? Uh, Hathik moved from Owen Burrows to Dennis Hogan at the beginning of this year after winning on his last start for Owen Burrows. Um, he's then got gelded after that and since then well, he he sort of come on with each run for these new trainer. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he, he had three years off, didn't he? Yeah. You know, n n ran, a, uh, ran as a two-year-old and then wasn't seen for his three- or four-year-old campaign. Uh, obviously had his issues, but he's shaping up into being quite a smart Type wins at Tipperary and Curra the last twice. Yeah, they've been fairly valuable handicaps, and uh, he's he's certainly coming on for each one. He's a, he's a slight bit short for me. Um, his his last run was six days ago. That's a slight question mark. Although with these sprinters, they run week in week out. Should really no be no issue with that. If I'm being honest, thinking about it, um, I'm looking to oppose him though. I think five to one's too short in a race with this many runners who run against each other week in, week out. Um, I'm more towards Ebargum at this moment in time. Lewis, I know you're quite keen on him as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, you've just got the feeling that there's a big one in him. Yeah. Uh, didn't get the clearest of runs either time at York, you know, nor at the Dante meeting, nor in the race Duke of Forenzi won on Saturday. Uh <coughs> He's a proper, proper little speedball, this lad. And I I think this race will suit him down to, down to the ground. Just let him get out, break, bowl along. You know, nothing complicated, nothing silly. The handicap has dropped him a pound as well for his run last weekend. And yeah, Jamie Gormley takes three off as well. Which, which isn't, you is valuable know, four pound overall. Yeah, and I, 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 I think he's been <laughs> eye-catching the last twice. I think the market there was a hell of a lot of market support for him as well on Saturday, wasn't there? Yeah. And he's been back to as well for this. And I, I don't think it's the most original of selections because I think a, a lot of people have kind of spotted what me and you have spotted with him. Yeah, definitely. But but I'd I'd I'd, I'd be hopeful things will go smoother this time and he'll hit the frame. Yeah, definitely. Duca Forenzi, the grand old sort, ten year old. He's won his last two at York and Thirsk, and he's sort of rekindled his old days, hasn't he? Um, yeah. Certainly looking as good as ever. I was having, having a look earlier here, Jimbo. This will be Duke of Forenzi's uh, fifth goal in the Epsom Dash. He won it back in 2013, didn't he? He beat Smooth Talking Rascal. I remember I backed Smooth Talking Rascal. Yeah. Fifth, fifth goal in the Epsom Dash. He's been an absolute superstar for connections. And God, I tell you what, that that has absolutely raised the roof. If Duke Frenzy were to win, were to win uh, the Dash six years after he won it first. Uh, but David, <laughs> this is, has him flying. Yeah, definitely. And and if he can secure the services of David Allen, he gets on very well with this. Although Phil Dennis won on him on Saturday at York, I think. David Allen knows this horse inside out and when Griffiths and Allen combine they're a dangerous partnership to underestimate. 
Yeah, Copper Knight's been playing as well this year. Really good performances the last, the last <laughs> time. Placed at York and Chester in between winning a similar race to this at the Dante meeting. And I'd, I think it would take a brave man to complete, to rule him out as well. Yeah, and, and Dark Shots, another one like this. He's ultra consistent in all these sprints. He always turns up in the Epsom sprint at the start of the season. And yeah, I think that he's a horse who we can't underestimate. He was only beaten a neck by Duca Forenza at York. And he's been beat by Copper Knight and uh, just that Lord who all line up here. There's so much between most of these horses that it's sort of which he's best on the day and which gets the best run. Uh, Caspian Prince is a grand old sort. He always runs a cracker in this race. He's got to take a lot of weight round with him, 10 stone for a 10-year-old. He only ran last weekend behind Batash. But he normally finds something special for this race. Well, you see, he was placed in a group two last season, Caspian Prince. You know, it's 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 not a ridiculous shout. Although again, a mark of one hundred and fourteen, it's a, it's a it'd be a huge ask to go that much around. Although, if I was to put up one, I like that. You know, a bit of a bigger price. It's not a huge price. Fourteen, it'd be stake a claim for Dean Ivory. Yeah. Uh, who again? One first time up at, at Newbury off the back of a year layoff, uh, <laughs> and did it with, with some serious authority as well. You know, Dean Ivory is a man who's made his name with good sprinters as well, isn't he? Yeah. Serious prospect, tropics, you know, horses like that. Uh, and I, I think he's stake a claim again. It just looked all speed. Uh, was a huge performance for him to have done that off the back of such a big layoff. He's up £7 to that, which is a slight worry. But if you were to look for a horse who might be capable of winning listed or Group 3 races in this, I think Staker Clay might be one. He's not. He's far from exposed. Yeah, interesting way of thinking there. I think Mary Banter uh, is slightly interesting. He's Paul Midgley likes to have the winner of this race normally. Uh, he, he's had line of reason who runs in this yeah, he's another one who does well with sprinters, isn't he, Midgley? Uh, I think he's a, a really exceptional trainer. He, Mary Banter's won off a rating of 83 uh, towards the end of last season. He's on 84 here with uh, a £7 claimer on who could make the difference for him, if I'm being honest. I think 22 to 1 out under, underestimates him almost, sort of. He's a front running sort, he'll suit, he'll love the track. Uh, and I think that. 22 to 1 is generous about him. And he's a she. Oh, dear. <laughs> We've had another fatal error. That's week upon one. week. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be turf talk without Jimbo Watson getting a horse's gender on. Derek Thompson week. wannabe. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll have a selection then, Jim, for the dash. It's, it's always a cracking race. Hard puzzle to solve. Uh, do we, are we both going for bar gun? Yeah, I, I am. Definitely. We'll go with that as well. I'll give Ornate a mention as well. Another David Griffiths horse. Again, I think you know he's been running in group races. Looking uh, to take the reins from uh, take cover. Yeah, Phil, Phil Dennis on board at a mark of 99. I don't think he'll be behind him. He's another interesting one. But it's Ebar Gun for us both. Jim, we've talked about a hell of a lot there, pal. We have. So, it's time to pull up our lucky 15s, Jimbo. My, mine will be, over the course of the two days, Sadragonet, Madai, Old Persian, 
and go on, I'll, 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 I'll be different to you. I'll go stake a claim. Mm, interesting. You made a really strong case for him before we started recording, so I can see why I've gone for him. I'm going to go adventurous. There's no point being short price favourite-ish. We're going to throw in Lavender's Blue to win the Oaks. We're going to have Old Persian to win the Coronation. Uh, we're going to have so Circus Maximus to win the Derby and Ebar Gum to win the Epsom Dash. We're going big. Massive price. Uh, we all battles will be needed, Jimmy, if that pays off. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll be rolling my way to my local bookmakers. Oh, happy days, happy days. Uh, thanks a lot for listening to this week's Derby special of Turf Talk. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening. We hope we found you the winner of the biggest flat race of the season. Uh, don't forget to like, share, retweet. Uh, you know, rate us five stars. Uh, it's been a pleasure, pal. Thank you. I hope you're back in the studio next week. I've missed you. Oh, I. Oh, I. See you later. <laughs> See you later, bye.